0: <laughs> we are
1: hope we are love
2: c-o-t-n is a family a lovely family
3: we are progress i am c-o-t-n i am C-O-T-N.
4: I did not say you i said me i am c-o-t-n
5: you're listening to beyond the village this podcast is produced by children of the nations shorthand for our name is c-o-t-n We work in Sierra Leone, Malawi, Uganda, Haiti, and the Dominican Republic because we believe true, lasting, and meaningful change to a nation begins with the children. This podcast gives them, the staff who cares for them, and the partners like you, a chance to tell the real story. Hello and welcome. Today's BTV episode is in honor of March 22nd, World Water Day. I'm your host, Heather Ostakevich, and we'll be exploring the impact of water from a small community in the Dominican Republic called Don Bosco. Let me start by giving you a few statistics. 1.8 billion people around the world lack access to safe water. Women and children spend 125 million hours collecting fresh water every day. Individual women and children spend as many as six hours collecting fresh water daily. Every 90 seconds, a child dies from a water-related disease. Okay, so if you're like me, you hear those numbers and your brain checks out. Because, well, that feels way too heartbreaking. And way too big to fix. So what the heck are we supposed to do? I'm going to let COTN partner Rob Slazak tell you a quick story that explains his perspective on overwhelming issues like this. And, as you'll soon find out, he's part of the water solution in Donbasco.
0: It's overwhelming from the standpoint that there's so much that still needs to be done. There's so many kids that need to be taken care of. I mean, it really can be it, it can be a little bit discouraging. And I remember the story that I was told a long time ago of a couple walking down a beach at dusk. And off in the distance, they see a silhouette of somebody bending down and picking something up and throwing it in the water. And mm-hmm. as they approach, they see it's a, it's a man. He's picking up starfish and he's throwing them in the water. And so they asked him, what are you doing? He says, I'm trying to save the starfish. And they looked around and they see millions of starfish all over the beach. And he said, how can you make a difference? And he picks one up and throws it in the water and says, it's made a difference to that one. And that's what it's all about. It's one of the time.
5: This is the sound of children playing at COTN school in Don Bosco. In the beginning, when we first learned about the water crisis in this community, it felt overwhelming. It was November last year, hot, low to mid-90s, and humid. I was in a group with Francisco Tejeda, COTN's Dominican Republic Country Director, and our translator, Vladdy Feliz, and Cheryl Cuthbertson, COTN's Director of Sustainable Practices. We were touring the COTN's Don Bosco School campus and discovered that the whole community, including the school, had been without water for months. I asked Vladdy to help me understand what was going on. So the government wow. water isn't reaching?
2: No, because um, he said they, they are constructing very fast and okay. the water doesn't reach there.
5: Francisco explained further.
2: No, oh, agua. No hay la cantidad suficiente para abastecer. Oh, the water is the problem. There's not enough water to... Oh, because
5: everybody. there's
2: so many people, sí, there's not I got it. So they have to go up there to get yeah.
5: water. It turns out people were walking more than half a mile to get water.
3: For the um, food... For everything, that's something very important, the water. So for washing, cooking, everything, they have to go all the way up there. Hundred degrees and the water it just doesn't make sense.
5: As we stood there coming to terms with this issue, with the heat of the sun beating down on our heads, the feeling of injustice was visceral.
3: Francisco, how many people do you think are without water?
2: I'm we are talking about more than 300 families.
5: 251 children are part of COTN's village partnership program in Don Bosco.
2: What is life?
5: I know, I can't believe you've been a year without... Water.
2: water
5: and especially I mean it's so hot right now so they're not able to really take a bath unless they buy water
2: yeah they have to um, I, I, I come around here because I have a family member and I see kids that are in, are in COTN um, where guidelines are going going almost like a mile just to get water going downhill And, um, you know, you see how the streets are? Oh, yeah. It's very, it's dangerous for, I see little kids like seven years old with a bucket of water going down the hill um, just to get water.
5: Now, are they having to buy that water or are they able to get that water for free?
2: They get it from the closest house that could get water. They go to um, to that person's house and they ask if they could get some water. And um, most likely whoever got water lets everybody have water because they know that the water doesn't reach up here. Yeah. I mean, like, imagine waking up at 6 in the morning to get ready to school and then you have to walk to get water, take a shower, and then to come to school. Yeah.
5: You heard Vladdy reference how treacherous it is to walk on the streets. Don Bosco is set in the midst of some hills. The roads are really steep in some places and made up of small rocks, not the smooth, small stones people use in their driveways. This stuff is jagged, and it's hard to walk on. As I walked along the road, I had to be careful about where I was stepping because if I stepped in the wrong way, I'd be sliding down the road. It was actually while I was walking down the road that I met a guy who was carrying water home for his family and I asked if he'd be willing to tell me a little bit more about the water issue and how it had been affecting him and his family. He and his wife have three sons, one of which is in a COTN school. He usually has to walk about a kilometer to get water and he does this three times a day. And to add insult to injury, sometimes he has to pay for this water. Do they feel like they can't use as much water for things that they need?
4: Y qué tanto le afecta eso, como en el aspecto de cómo consumen el agua. Si es que la gastan muy rápido. Bueno, entre veces para lavar y, y cocinar hay que comprar los camiones. Sometimes when we wash the clothes or when we kitchen, we buy the water.
5: Mm. Okay, so you have to think about how you're going to use water every day.
4: Entonces, cada día usted tienen que pensar en cómo gastar el agua cada día. Okay. Sí. Bueno, uno tiene que más o menos organizarse y ir gastando. Okay. Each day we try to use a, a little water because the water that they use it, he needs to buy. It. Mm.
5: So it's is it financially hard for you to be buying water?
4: Y yeah, algo difícil para usted pagar comprar el agua. Muchísimo, muchísimo
5: if he doesn't buy water is there another place he can get water,
4: okay, water it's the, the same water that, we, that water that we use here but they take it from the river the big truck oh
5: wait so he's taking he's either taking water from the river or buying water
4: no that's right take the water from the river
5: oh and it brings and it over the and here. then they have to buy it yep even though it's river water
4: yep
5: wow Lack of water is a basic and terrifying problem. It means a serious increase in sanitation and hygiene issues, and in this heat, increased risk of dehydration. But as Cheryl walked around the school campus and through Don Bosco, she was looking for solutions. The quicker, the better.
3: So look at all that greenery down there. Yeah. Because look, this is like a, it's almost it's like almost lush green. It's not just green; it's lush green.
5: Okay, I know you can't see what Cheryl is looking at, so let me describe it to you. The school is up at the top of a hill at the back of the property down a steep slope was a small jungle a mess of trees and vines we could even see avocados hanging out of some of these trees so
3: there's water somewhere underground these plants these yeah and this the 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 ground is moist and since there hasn't been a lot of rain for maybe eight months there's no way that this would stay this green if there's no rain. So there's yeah. there's water underground here. Aquí en Barahona,
2: at times when there's <laughs> been a lot of rain here in Barahona, algunas <laughs> venas de agua surgen más abajo. Some 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 wells some um, of water um, come rises up.
3: <laughs> when it rains a lot, yeah, so there's a lot of water. And I bet what happens is people are using that rain walk. That's the other thing. Is when is rainy season here? Cuando es el tiempo de
2: lluvia aquí en Marawi? You know, Sabes que el clima ha cambiado muchísimo. Ahora. Eh, está lloviendo por los meses de agosto septiembre y octubre el clima ha cambiado mucho y él está diciendo que ahora ha estado lloviendo en septiembre, octubre eso es por el cambio climático porque antes teníamos lluvia desde mayo uh-huh. desde, a partir de mayo So, Um, May. Before it used to be May, but the climate change, been changed. And
3: that's the big issue with climate change, is because of climate change, we're having these longer periods of drought. We're having Mm. the same problems in Malawi, Mm. where we have these very long periods of drought. And so, it makes the water situation even worse. But what we can also think about is, when, when we're in rainy season, how can we put rain what we call rain catchment systems so that we can catch the rainwater and store it and use it later but it won't be enough but it would at least be a little a little bit
5: of the most amazing things as I watched this story unfold was seeing how quickly several COTN partners responded to this water crisis. Rob Slazak, the guy who told you the starfish story at the beginning, he was actually on this same trip. When he heard about what was going on, he immediately sat down with Cheryl to learn more. Rob's been on more than 10 trips to the Dominican Republic with COTN. In fact, I did a podcast with him a few months ago. The people he works with and serves are like family to him. So this water crisis was a problem he wanted to help solve.
0: Oh my gosh, how, how can... I mean, we, we take it so much for granted. We turn on a tap, it's clean water. In fact, we don't... We're so paranoid now. When I was a kid, we used to drink from a hose. And now nobody even drinks from a tap. And the thing... To be in a place where you have to go half a mile or a mile to get buckets of water, uh, it's unbelievable. It's, you know, it breaks your heart.
5: So when you got home from that Dominican trip, what did you do?
0: I knew that it was going to be a considerable amount of money. My wife and I sat down, and we've been pretty blessed. And so we try to find things that's on our heart that we can contribute to. And so that was on our heart, and that's what we did, in hopes that it would encourage other people To to give.
5: Rob not only contributed to the project, he reached out to his community to ask for help as well. So while Rob is working on the funding aspect of the project, another COTN partner stepped in to help, Dave Thomas. He's been a COTN partner for more than 15 years and has donated his time and expertise on water solutions for many years as well. In fact, he's helped establish clean, safe drinking water systems all around the world, sometimes to places so remote he has to backpack. So when he learned what was going on in Don he was ready to help. Dave does his homework. So during our Skype interview, he was able to tell me the whole story of what happened and how we've reached the solution today.
1: It was a complicated issue. There are a lot of people involved, a lot of moving parts. And like I say, it took, this is two or three years now that this has been going on.
5: Before the water crisis, Don Bosco had a pristine water filtration system at Siotan's school campus. It was being maintained by a local maintenance guy. Dave said when he inspected it, it was one of the cleanest he'd ever seen.
1: That all came to a screeching halt when the water delivery system from the community abruptly stopped. It had been turned off, so they thought. But as it turns out, the area was experiencing a drought. Water level in the aquifers underground were reduced.
5: With less water in the aquifers, the natural hydrostatic pressure, pressure that's needed to push water up through the pipes, was significantly reduced.
1: Don Bosco's up in the hills, and so there's quite a, quite a hike up the side of that, that mountain to get to the school. And so it took quite a bit of hydrostatic pressure to push that water up there. Anyway, about six, eight months later, they found that the water pipe that was uh, for the community up there had been cut. Oh, probably a half a mile or so down the hill from the school. And uh, it was up out of the ground, and it the water was just kind of flowing out of it, uh, kind of not a whole lot of pressure. It looked more like a two inch uh, drinking fountain. So the community would uh, just take their buckets and they would go down and and uh, load them up there and then tow them back home. And this went on for quite a while. The local community, Services Water District was aware of it, but nothing was changing. We finally uh, sat down with Francisco and said, this is not going to change, so we really do need to do something.
5: It turns out Francisco knew the director of the local community water services in the Barajona District, and he set up a meeting.
1: Uh, It was a very chaotic morning. The phones were ringing. There was a lot of hustle and bustle in and out of the office, but it had the feeling of normalcy, meaning that's just the way the business is conducted. it was There was a lot going on, there's always a lot going on. It's quite a task to deliver water in the hill communities of uh, Barahona, and he was doing everything he could to stay out in front of it. And when we chatted with him, uh, we explained, you know, who we were, what we were about, and, that we, uh, and he was very much aware of Children of the Nations. And we asked him about the severed water pipe. Uh, he nodded his head. And, oh, yeah, he's aware of it. And, and I said, well, you know, we're, we're not getting water to our school at Don Bosco and want to know if that pipe is on the list to be repaired. And he said, uh, yeah, no, it's not on the list. And uh, it's, it's just not a priority. He has many more uh, items that are of a higher priority, and there's no funding for it.
5: Because there's still some water flowing out of the severed pipe, the water issue didn't rate high enough on the list. He simply didn't have the time or the resources. But there was also the issue of the drought. Even if he could repair the pipe, he didn't think the water would make it all the way up the hill. At that point, Dave says they asked him if he thought there was enough water in the aquifers to drill a well, because COTN was interested in pursuing this option.
1: That got his attention, and he he wanted to know more about that. And He said, well, we would fund it and we would drill a well on the site if we were able to get permission. He gladly said, you have permission. If you want to drill a well, please do.
5: His only request was that COTN make it accessible to the community as well, and COTN agreed.
1: He was elated. He just he loved the idea. And he said, just come in here when you want to drill it, and then I'll get you uh, all, the, all the permits or all the permission that you need. And uh, so apparently that happened because the well has been drilled fortunately the first the first drill uh, didn't pan out but there's water down there and uh, we're going to try again and we'll continue to do that until um, until we're able to get a a full functioning well up and running
5: here's the sound of the well being drilled in Don Bosco (laughs) If you've been struggling to get water for 2 years, that's a life-changing sound. And if you're a kid living in that community, this is one of those life events you'll remember. The day the crew started drilling a well on the COTN school campus. I asked Rob how it felt knowing the well was being drilled as we speak.
0: It's an unbelievable feeling. You you know the old adage, you know, it's better to give than receive. It's just so gratifying and it's not about, oh, look what I could do. You know, it's just a genuine great feeling to know that you've followed what God's put on your heart. I think we all have to have purpose. I even went through a program one time to, I spent a considerable amount of money to figure out what my purpose was in life. I think it's being able to pick something that you feel in your heart and follow it through and see it through to completion. And there's a certain amount of gratification in that. There's a lot of things that need to be done. And it goes back to the story about the couple walking the beach at night. And it, it's that story. It's about, well, how can you make a difference? There's so many things in this world that needs to be fixed. Well, you just pick one thing and you fix it. Or you at least be an element to help fix it. So it's, it's good. I, I just uh, have a heart for those people.
1: Once you meet the children... You know, God has a way of stirring your heart, and you fall in love. And so, you want to try and do something. Uh, I work in the water industry, and uh, I knew that I could do this. I knew that I, I knew how to put together simple filtration systems, and I knew that 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 was an area that I could contribute and and help in. And so, that's where I kind of focused on, and gave me purpose to go. And I was looking for reasons to go, and that was it.
0: It's going to have such a rippling effect. I mean, not only the obvious that uh, they're going to have clean water to drink, but to be able to put in place the other programs of you know hygiene and, and uh, pr- food preparation and having clean water to be able to do all of that. Just that one thing, water, can have such an impact on a group of people because it has such an effect in so many different areas. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty neat.
5: I want to thank Francisco, our COTN translator, Vladdy, Cheryl, Rob, and Dave for sharing this story. Their hearts are for the kids, to see these kids get what they need so they can grow up and transform their communities. Like Dave said when he learned about COTN's vision for the kids.
1: It just resonated with me.
5: If you'd like to be a part of Water Solutions for Children in Africa and the Caribbean, go to cotni.org forward slash water. Thanks for listening. Until next time.